Hello, Abuna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Okay. Okay, let's uh, let us start. <clears throat> in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, I mean, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for bringing us to this hour to come together, praise you, glorifying your name, Lord, uh, learn, Lord, from your Holy Spirit, and uh, know more about uh, who you are, and what you've done for each one of us, Lord, and what you're continuing to do, Lord, uh, in uh, our day-to-day -day struggles, Lord, you're, you're there for us as the high priest that... Uh, that praise, that uh, intercede, that uh, bring to us, Lord, all the righteousness and all the peace that you have, Lord. Thank you for this time, praying for my uh, brothers and sisters, for all the, those who are with us, those who aren't with us, praying for uh, everyone, Lord, those who have no one to remember them. Uh, allow us always to grow and to move, Lord, from strength to strength, or from glory to glory, by your spirit. Hear our prayer and supplication. Open our ears and our hearts and our eyes to understand and to see and to hear, Lord, your voice, your personal message for each one. Our prayers of all your saints and in your name, hear us when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day, forgive us our trespasses. Forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not temptation, but deliver us from thy now for ages all ages amen hey dj how are you okay good welcome everybody so we have uh andrew nina dj and christina and juliana and somebody else just walking Smyrna, how are you okay we're continuing uh our beautiful study of hebrews and uh as we said before hebrews uh seven eight and nine are uh, more of talking more about the idea and the, the argument of Melchizedek, if you want to uh, call it this name or this this title. Or uh, chapter seven, as we said, have like um, what we can call the, the 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 historical argument: who is Melchizedek? Where did he come from? And we referred it to to Genesis fourteen last time. And then he continues, chapter 7, which part of it, uh, what we can call the doctrinal uh, argument, kind of like what the, what's the doctrine, the doctrine itself behind Melchizedek and between that and between Aaron. And then again, also uh, ends chapter 7 with a practical argument, who is Christ to each one of us. So again, not to think of it as a repetition and as a kind of like the same uh, thoughts, the same points over and over. But <laughs> as we will see today, that, uh, that uh, it, it is much, much deeper than that. Uh, also, we said that chapter eight, so chapter seven is uh, the, the, the better high priest. Chapter eight, we talk about better covenant. Chapter uh, nine, better uh, sanctuary. And then uh, better also uh, sacrifice after this. So this is just to kind of understand what's, what's happening with that. And each one of this is actually very deep and very uh, important to understand, not, not only as just, you know, doctrine and theology and, and text, but also and more important as uh, personal information and not information, personal relation, if I may say that, you know, what does that mean to me? And as, as you've been talking about that from before, like knowing that he is the high priest and 
better covenant, as we'll see probably later on today and, and, and more of next time. What does that mean? Better sanctuary. You know, one of the things that you just kind of like gets you gets you thinking about it is is the the, the high priest or the priest uh, according to, to to the tribe of Levi or to, the, to Aaron is more of a priesthood on earth, and that's why you know if Christ came as he is he cannot be a priest because he is from the tribe of what of judah so he's not from the tribe of levi so he could not be a priest so that's why that's why later on you talk about him as we talked today or yesterday last time and this time talking about him as uh, on the order of melchizedek actually you elevate a little bit more that he's actually his sanctuary is where is in heaven not on earth so he's working with us through us but his sanctuary and that's you can see this also, if you remember from, from the chapters that we read, so again, uh, chapter uh, four, for example, that we have a great high priest that went through heaven, right? And then so on with that idea that his actual work or his headquarters, when we say that his, his field is in heaven. And through that, actually go back to, 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 to St. Paul in Ephesians, that he, he blessed us with all the blessing, heavenly blessings where? In heaven. And he sat, made us sat, sit with him in heaven, so so the idea of of going into into a different realm, if I may say that, different different understanding, different uh, different way of that. So we'll 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 we worked a lot about or talked a lot about this last last time, chapter seven from one to ten or one to eleven, and we talked more about the idea of do not go and try to find your quote unquote your own priest to give you the salvation while there's only what the one and only high priest right so with that we'll continue chapter 7 from 11 till the end let's read it first and then we move on with uh, with uh, again as we said before we're not gonna be more of like verse verse by verse but uh, more of just the concept itself in order to move on with, uh, with, uh, with the text itself. So Hebrews 7 uh, from 11 till the end of the chapter. Maybe let's read from 11 to 19 first or 18, and then we can move on so we can uh, digest it more. I know that it's, it's a heavy text, so uh, just in order to, uh, to be more aware of, of what's happening. So let's share the screen with uh, here, and then we can... <clears throat> move on okay in the name of the father and son the holy spirit one god and just to read the last couple of verse from one till or from 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 what we've studied last time uh from verse nine why one might even say that levi himself who receives the tithe paid tithe through abraham for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when melchizedek met him and remember we talked about this last time right that he was still <coughs> in abraham uh, so when Abraham offered as if all the tribe of Levi and all the descendants of Abraham offered in him to Melchizedek. So from verse 11, now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it, the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. And this is important verse. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. 
for the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe, from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descendant from Judah and in connection with the tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. This becomes even more evident than when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. And this is another important fact. Who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of his weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And this is a third very important concept also. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath, but this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. And Yes? You might get to it, but in verse 18, I think, I can't see okay. where it says, no, no. For the one hand, yeah, for the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of his weakness and uselessness. Is it saying like that? Like, why was the commandment made anyways, or is it just like outdated? We'll get to it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. There's there's a lot in, into that into the text. So, yeah. The Lord has sworn and will not change in His mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus a grantor again of a better covenant so before before this he said we're talking about a better what better and then something else that i that i that i stressed on a better what better hope exactly better hope so now he talks about better covenant okay so and as we said early on that this this whole epistle is about better than right the superior so what what is what is he talking about here in 11 till till 20 the passage that we read what is that all about Take a minute, read it again. Again, it's too, it's, it can be very heavy, very, very confusing. But uh, but in order to understand it, you have to actually listen to the text itself. A new priest, new rules, new commandments. Okay, which which again, this is what we've been talking about since since two three chapters before, right? But what is he building up to here? So as I said, you know, from one to seven, the beginning of chapter seven was talking about what? More of the historical part of this. Where did this come from, right? Where is that? And then he, he made the analogy between Melchizedek and between Christ. As if you, rem if you remember, that Melchizedek came in the text without uh, origin, without father, without mother. Not that he was, but nobody knew. He didn't mention that in the text. And he's historically referring that into as a typology of Christ, right? Now he starts to do what more of what the doctrine itself, as we said before. So the argument here, okay, like this Melchizedek who came and this Melchizedek who we talked about that he is a better priest. 
Now, why is he better? And if he if he's better, that what does that mean to us? And what does that mean to the law? Because again, as, as I said, very interesting verse here, which said that if there is a new priest, then there is a new what? Law, what does that mean? We all know that Christ said that what? That he didn't come to? He did not come to destroy the law, but to no, fulfill. To? Thank you, Kevin. To fulfill, not to destroy the law, not to stop the law. So why is St. Paul here talking about a new law? What does that mean? Right? And why there is a need for new law? Can't you just like accept the fact that there is, you know, why, why is it so technical, if I may say that? Like, okay, priest has to be from Levi. So, and that's what the, what the law says. So can't you just make an exception, just move on? <laughs> why he's saying and stressing on the fact that, no, that means that there has to be a new law. It's not just something light to take and to, to pass by, right? And then he moves on to actually, if that's the case, then we have a better hope. Better hope means that we have a hope and a better hope. Like what's the hope and what's the better hope, right? When you always say better, that means it's what? Superior, you're comparing something to something, right? This phone is better than this phone. So that means you have good and better, right? So better hope means, that means that we have a hope and a better hope. So what does that mean? And back again, or going again to, 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 to move on to the idea of a covenant and a better covenant. Right? So what, what is this all about? What is this all about? Let's just take it step by step. Again, now, if perfection had been attainable, because again, as, as we always say, you know, if you actually take time and read it and, 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 and read it the way we should read the, the, the scripture, not just to, to, to skim through it, you see that it's actually explaining itself. What does he mean by now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek? What does that mean? perfection right that whatever was done before it was not perfect right not complete again you you, you hear those things very very uh, often in in hebrews better than perfection complete right so that means that whatever was done before was what not perfect and that's why there is a need for for a different kind of priesthood the, the priest of melchizedek as we talked before right so what does that do to you and I now? Okay, like we, we, we learned the historical part and the historical background of that last time. That, okay, this character that came out of nowhere and then Abraham offered and this and this and that. Now he's, he's, he's reflecting more and more to our personal salvation. What does, this, what does that mean to me? Not as a history, not as a character and a typology, but as actual what? Doctrine, right? And then he move on from that, from doctrine to life, right? Those of you who, who, who attended the, the, the talk with Father Evan in Chicago the other day, he was talking about, about two important things, orthodoxia and orthopraxia. What's the difference? Orthodoxia means what? The straight way, which is the doctrine. Orthopraxia, praxi means what? What does it mean? Acts. So from doctrine into acts. And if we are stuck at the orthodoxia and we're not living the orthopraxia, then we are not orthodox. Right? And that's exactly what he's saying here. Okay, we're learning the orthodoxia, but then he moves on to the orthopraxia. 
how can we live it? What does that mean to me? I know that there is a new priesthood and I know that, okay, put it in action, put it in action. So now if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under the people who received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the old much? There is no need. If, if it's perfect, right? But then because it's not perfect, because you know, it was always people who always come and always ask for a, for a, for a sacrifice and always offer a sacrifice, then you know, that was not done. Right? So that's the need for the actual different priesthood. And then he goes on, if there is a different priesthood, then there's a different law. What, what, do, you mean, what do you think about that? Because this is, as I said, this is a very important concept. What is the different law? And what law are we living in right now versus the law of the Levitical priesthood? The New Testament. The New Testament. Okay, we'll talk about this definitely in chapter eight, the first time when he introduced the new or the better testament, but better, better covenant, right? But again, for us, what does that mean? Okay, meaning what? Okay. Okay. So instead of being under the the, if I may say, I, I, I use uh, Father Torazi's uh, words, the boots of the law were under the boots of the new law, right? Which is the grace. But what does that mean again to me? In what way? It's hopeful for us. In what way? Hmm? I think it's hopeful to us in a sense that, like, we're not doing, and I'm not saying that people back then did things in vain, but I think that we now have received the ultimate sacrifice where, like, all of the sins that they were committing had to be accounted for like they have to pay their dues where god christ came and paid our dues okay so like we don't necessarily have to endure or like i, I, don't, know, I don't know how to explain okay i don't know if that makes any sense so if, if to 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 understand that and to 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 live it you know just again the verse that for when there is a change in the priesthood there is necessarily a change in the law as well Let's go back again and, 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 and realize and re review what was the law like. The law is what? The Torah is what? Do and do's, right? You do this, you, you get punished. You touch whatever you need. So it was the law of what? Of bondage, right? And that's what St. Paul talks about it in Galatians and Romans, that we are in the law of what? The freedom, right? Right? And, and, and the reason I'm saying that again, and to reflect on that with, with what we we're just saying about the orthopraxia, which is like, if I, if I reflect on myself and my relationship with God, is it under the law of the bondage or under the law of freedom, right? I can't have a new, I can't, we cannot have the idea that Christ established a new priesthood for us to live that life under the new priesthood. And I'm still working and relating my relationship with him under what? Under the old law, it cannot happen, right? It's like running, driving a new a new car with an old engine. It's not going to get you anywhere, right? 
So again, more and more, I want, I want to reflect more on that. What does it mean that my relationship with Christ, is it based on the, 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 the law of liberty or freedom or the law of bondage? What does that mean? Under the law of bondage, what would the person feel or act like? Hmm? Fearful, okay. But fearful, not fearful of, in, in awe, but fearful of what? If I do this, I will die. Right, punishment, yeah. punishment. Right? How often do we have that relationship with God? It's one thing. What else? What else? Yes, Murder. The overall mystic is the sacrifices and all that was for unintentional sin there was received like the law itself was different than very good. The law itself was not enough to cover or to, to give a way for, for true repentance, right? Because as we said before, it will only cover the unintentional sins. But if you, if you, if you did something intentionally, that's a different story, right? That's a very good point. So now we have more of that grace of knowing what when I really, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's what, what's in it also. It's not just a law of, 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 like judgment, but a law of renewal, right? The new law comes what also? Hmm? The new commandments and comes the change of the nature, right? So it's not just, okay, no, here you go. There are sets of rules you have to, to abide by and you have to work with, but you also give you the power to do what? To live it, right? Back again, look, look, at, look at the Sermon on the Mount. Just a <coughs> simple example. <coughs> the Sermon on the Mount. And when you hear, you know, love your enemy, right? When you hear, okay, if, if somebody, uh, all, the, all, all, the, all the Sermon on the Mount, right? And you see it and you say like, well, this is something that you never be able to, to attain. So is it, is it set up as, as a failure for us? Like, okay, here you go. I'm, I'm giving you that very, very high bar, very high expectation. And I, do, I know that you're not gonna be able to do it. Absolutely not. Why? Because you know that with the new law, there is a new also power, right? So when we look at the commandment of the Old Testament and the commandment of the New Testament, you see that the New Testament gives, gives us what? Power, right? So again, for 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 my personal uh, struggle every day, every day. What does that mean to you? We're talking again about him. We're we're, we're arguing more about the fact that he is the, the priest on the order of Melchizedek, and he said, "If there is a new priest, that means there is a new law." A new law, we have to understand what is the old so we know what is the new, right? And we need to compare and we need to kind of evaluate if we are still abiding by the new law or by the old law, right? Because I feel a lot of times that actually we're stuck, we're stuck under the old law, right? I think the old law, there was no room for you to build a relationship with God. Okay. Like you said in the beginning, it's like do and don't. Yes. And God was very tangible back then, but to only a certain few people. But now in the New Testament, like there's 
a relationship that you can build with him, like a one-on-one yes. relationship. Very good. Myrna is saying that in the old, by, or the old law does not allow you to have a personal relationship, right? With very, very few people that can have that relationship. But in general, the, old, the whole people were what? Just under, again, if I don't do this, I will be punished. But in the new law, there is what? Grace, right? And again, with, with grace comes, comes the idea of the grace is not cheap. It comes an obligation with it, right? Look at, look at, in order to understand this, look at <coughs> Romans 8. Romans 8, uh, verse 15 and 16. If somebody can read this. Anybody has it? Romans 8. Go ahead, Joseph. <laughs> You're ready. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay. So we're moving from the spirit of bondage into the spirit of adoption, right? And that's what he's talking about, right? And, and that's why it's important, again, to understand that. Like, if we are, if we start to realize now that we are under a new priesthood, then are we still building our relationship with him based on the new law or the old, right? Because that, that's very, very clear in the text. If there is a new priesthood, that means that they have to be what? A new? Anymore. Right. And not only that, but he moves on to another very, very important also uh, verse in, 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 the same, in the same section here, in the same part that we read, which is um, in verse 16. In verse 16. So verse 15 says, this becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek. And then 16, who has become a priest, not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. What does that mean? What do you think? Again, he's always making that comparing between this and that. So here he's saying there is something that brings it or, or, or characterized by legal requirement and there's something that's characterized by what? Power and eternal life. Okay. So what, what are those things? I'll read it from New King James. Who has come not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. Is it like the eternal? <laughs> so he's still comparing, still introducing Christ as the Melchizedek, the high priest, right? He did not come from a fleshly, according to the law of fleshly commandment. The fleshly commandment is, okay, here is how you supposed to be uh, or here, here are the people who are supposed to be priests according to the commandments, according to the tribe of Levi and according to the, all those things. He's saying that he's not coming with that. He's coming from where? According to what? To the power of an endless life, right? 
So if he is coming like that, and he's coming, he's coming like that for whom? For us, right? Let's then again reflect. So number one, we reflected with, with the fact that we are we with the new life, with the new law or the old law, the law of, of, of bondage or the law of freedom and adoption. Now we were comparing if we are coming from or receiving or all our, our life is based on fleshly commandment or according to the power of an endless life. To make it more practical, again, you know, if 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 what's what's the meaning of of, of, of according to, to to the power of an endless life? It's not power and endless life. The power of endless life, right? What does that mean? It's infinite. It's infinite. An eternal one is indefinite. Indefinite. And being indefinite or being indefinite, it makes it what? Perfect and makes it powerful. Right? Because that's what he said. The power of an endless life. Right? So to put this in 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 day-to-day -day struggle, what does that mean? Hmm? Okay, he's he got he, he's got our back. Okay, but what else? Something more. That was that was Saturday. <laughs> that was Saturday, Nahum. Yes, you're mixing <laughs> different Bible study. He receives his power. Yes. Yes. Continuous yeah. source. Continuous source. Which means what? If you have continuous source, it means what? It means hmm? continuous. Okay. Julia? It's a continuous strength. Continuous strength. To do what? Continuous motivation. Right? A lot of times, one of our biggest things is like no motivation. Right? Like, why am I doing things? And you know, at one point, I'm very tired. I'm very sick of this. It's just like, it, it seems like the same struggle day in, day out. Right? But what he's saying here, again, remember this guy, you know, the, 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 the tribe of Levi had the Levites and had those, the priests and had those who are serving. So <laughs> it was a continuous dynamic tribe, dynamic function, right? But at one point, all what they did all day, as, as you know, you, you can see it now, they're just nothing but but butchers. <laughs> they're just killing animals and, and and lifting the animals, putting it in the altar, and then continuous. So at one point, like like there's no point of that. There's no point of that. Right? So as the followers and as people who are in the tribe of Levi, there is there is at one point, okay, maybe the only motivation that they get their own share of, of meat, you know. <laughs> okay, the, the the priest will get you know the best part of the of the sacrifice or whatever, which is still you know. <laughs> But if we are the followers of the high priests, right? And then you look at St. Peter said that we are all what? Priests. So if he, if that priesthood is based on power of endless life, then we should be also walking in that same way, right? And that should be the reason for us to continue to struggle, to continue to persevere, as Andrew's saying, to continue to have that new motivation every day. Right? 
because again it's based on the law of the new law not the old right and that's why he moves on to the best or the other thing now we have a better what hope see how how it's building on each other and a better hope and that all comes from the fact that he is the high priest on the order of again king of righteousness king of peace as we said last time right? so with with that with that you you kind of you have to understand you have to kind of stop at one point and and see like okay like like am i really living with those three things or not a new law a new source a new motivation a new hope or not right? what does it you know what does it take Today in the out have that mindset, right? Because again, let's be let's be practical. You know, we're all struggling. We're all at one point ready to give up, and we're all at one point like that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, you know, I'm not living, or I'm not not seeing the better hope, right? And maybe not all of us. Some of us are actually able to keep the focus and keep the the the, the purpose and enjoying that new law, enjoying that new hope. Right? So what is it that's, that's, that tips the balance either way between just moving without that better hope and just day to day, same routine, and between having some kind of, of, of refreshment, some kind of newness every time. What does it take to live that? Instead of just being, again, a doctrine into an actual life, actual action. What do you think? I think that the more it has to do with... Um, Speak up to the other second. I think it has to do with who do you have your eyes on? Like, is it, like, are you looking to yourself or are you looking to God? Okay. So it's like, if you're looking to God, you're going to always remember that new hope. It's going to be hard sometimes, but just like looking to him, you're gonna have that perspective in a different way. But when you keep on looking to yourself, then yeah, you're just gonna do routine. Mm. And you told me that before, you're like, keep your eyes on him, not mm. on yourself. Mm. That's how it works. Yes, yes. You know, it's very easy to just live that life, that's centered, life-centered, or, 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 you know, personal life. Right? Exactly as Mark was talking yesterday about, uh, about uh, Feed My Starving Children, and we had the, uh, the CEO of Feed My Starving Children talking to the to the to the college students yesterday. You know when what did he say, Andrew? When when the company was 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 focused on what? They were focused on themselves and on their own goals. They had ten years of no growth, um, and then once they refocused and made him made God the center. Um, you know, they saw growth over 10 years that defies could, you know, possibility. Could never expect, could never expect, right? It's very relatable. He, he was saying, yes, we, in the beginning, yes, we were an organization, that Christian organization, but we cannot talk about Christ. Just keep it, <laughs> you know, we can't be public about, you know, it will affect our donations, our donors, all this. And they, they continued lived like this for 10 years with no growth, with no, they cannot reach what they're supposed to do. So it, it, it took them a while to like, okay, let's stop and pause and go. We have to 
they realized that the problem is Christ is not in the center. So they had, we had to bring Christ back to the center. And since then, feed my starving children, how many, you know, 400 billion or 400 million, 400 million, million meals a day, 400 million kids a, a year, a year, right? Yeah. 30 million a month. 30 million a month. Yes, 30 million. So that, that's the same idea. That's the same idea. And it continues. And that's, 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 again, for them, for a big organization like that, to have that motivation every day to continue to do that. With all the struggle, he was giving us some, some, some stories like going into, into Somalia and going to uh, uh, different parts of the world that's very, very dangerous to, to, even, to even deliver the food. And I think that that's very, very little to what we're talking about here. That's the new law, you know. That's why we're willing to take the risk. We're not afraid. Like, why would I go to so-and-so? Why would I, you know, leave my comfort and leave my, 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 my way and, and move on to something that is risky? And the more they do this, the more they get what? result so that's more encouraging like no we're on the right path let's move on okay. he said from what from 10 countries to 70 countries or something like that so those are very very practical examples and very very practical reason for us to actually move on in the same in the same way and that's what he's talking about here we have better hope we can't just have all our hope on okay you know my best hope that you know what in five years i'll do whatever <laughs> okay that's fine that's good plan i'm not saying don't plan but but there's better hope there's better hope when, when i read better hope it definitely uh, resonates to me in a, a story that you said probably mentioned before about about the old testament about uh, a character called the axa anybody remember that story negative no really Okay, um, so, so, <laughs> it's in it's in it's in both uh, the book of Joshua and the book of Judges. Uh, Joshua's first, but let's uh, let's read. I, I have to bring that example because it's it's very relevant to what we're talking about here. Um, I think it's Joshua 16, I believe. Basically, uh, one of the of the cities that they could not open. And then Joshua uh, uh, promised and said, whoever will take this, I'll give him uh, my daughter as a wife. Uh, let's go to Judges, Judges 1. Hmm? No. Judges 1. Let's do, do Judges 1. Uh, that was Caleb, not Joshua. So... Judges 1 and read from verse 12 till verse 15. The book of Judges, chapter 1, from verse 12 to 15. Christina, have it? 
Okay, go ahead. And focus very, 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 you know, good at this and see how is this related to what you're talking about. The better hope, better covenant, better everything. Okay. Uh, then Caleb said, whoever attacks the city of waters and takes it to him, I will give my daughter, Aksha, Aksha? Aksha. <laughs> yes. as, uh, as wife. And Othniel, the younger son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave him his daughter, Aksa, as wife, and it came to be at the reception. Akinayil urged her to ask her father for a field, and she complained and cried out from her donkey, you have delivered me into a southern land. And Caleb <laughs> responded to her, what is your request? Okay. Yeah. <coughs> so Aksa said to him, give me a blessing since you have delivered me into a southern land. Give me the water as well. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs as was the desire of her heart. Okay. He gave her what? The upper. The upper. So what, what's happening here? Guys online, have you uh, are you are you following that with us or not? No response. <laughs> You're following with us? Yes. Okay, good. I just want to make sure that I didn't close you. Okay. Yes. So what's happening here? Fee donkey. There is a donkey. Yes, there is a donkey. So, so Caleb, Caleb, said there is that city. Okay, and he said in order, you know, whoever is able to take that city, I'll give him what? My daughter, as a wife, right? And so happened that that uh, Ethnail, uh, the son of Caleb's brother, did that, right? So he gave him Aksa as a wife, and then. It seems like he gave him also what? A field, right? Does that sound like something good or bad? Good, right? But it's not that she was greedy. She understood that, that the, 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 the land of the South that he gave her the field is not, is away from, it does not have water supply. So with all the, 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 the excitement of being given a field, but she had a very, very good vision. Exactly. That that field without the water will do what? It will die, right? So she went and asked Caleb what? Give me blessing. Look at the text, right? Exactly. In verse 15, so give me, give me a blessing. And here she's asking whom? Her father, right? She's asking her father, give me a blessing. And then she get off, she had to get off of the, what's the point of the donkey here? What is the <laughs> The donkey is always a symbol of the flesh. So in order to ask, you have to get out of the donkey. You have to get out of your own personal needs, right? Yes, you have to actually step into the ground with all the mud, with all the dirt, with all the things. You can't just be sitting in your comfort zone and say, what, just give me something. You have to be, again, again, the orthopraxia, acting. Right? And when she asked what, what was done, give her everything, the upper and the lower. That means that the land will be what? Continuously watered. Better hope. Better hope. Right? See, how is that relevant to us? Where are we at? Are we still on our donkey? <laughs> we don't want to get off the donkey. That's our problem. 
we're living and we're abiding by certain law, whatever that law is, the law of, of, of tradition, the law of the culture, the law of uh, our own understanding, the law of morals, whatever. And we're missing that there is what, there is better. There is a new law, right? We are walking and moving with fleshly commands, not with power of endless light. We are always looking at, hoping on something very limited, even in our spiritual life, right? If I just nail the sin that's been bugging me for 10, 20 years, right? If I just can do whatever, if I can just, you know, control my whatever, right? there's much, much more for you. Shoot high, aim high. Better, there is better hope. Imagine again, one of those people in the Old Testament, like all the hope is, okay, I'm gonna be able to collect some money and buy a, 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 a bull or whatever. So that's, that's gonna be the sacrifice. I'm gonna go and offer the sacrifice. Okay, very good. Did it do anything to you? They have to go and do it again. Never ends. Never ends. You're just wasting your money. <laughs> Who's benefiting? The Levites, they're getting more, more meat, <laughs> more food. That's what we do. That's exactly what we do. Again, sadly, even our spiritual fight, we're just so limited. I got a piece of land. Okay, that's beautiful. I'm gonna sit on it. Okay, it's gonna dry. You know, don't be stupid. Sorry. Who's gonna water this land? <laughs> Ask for the blessing. Ask for the blessing. And the blessing, back again to the blessing. Who gave the blessing to Abraham? Melchizedek. See the circle? Full circle. If you read the blessings again in Genesis 14, the blessing of the most high, right? not just any blessing, blessing of wine and bread, not of, of, of anything else. So I think when you read this, when you read, when you, when you study a chapter like that, you know, one thing that really kind of gets to you is, is the reality of what we have and how much are we really living that or not, we're not living it. Again, imagine, imagine back to, to, to Aksa again. And imagine she's on her donkey and just she's going back and forth to the, to the field that was given to her and she's so excited about it. And then day after day, she realizes what? It's dying. And the death doesn't come right away, right? It's not like, okay, next morning, oh, the land is dying. No, the land is dry, no. Okay, I'm gonna enjoy it, yes, just, you know. Keep on your donkey and just keep going back and forth and enjoy it. But hey, sorry, you're 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 short, you're short-minded, you're short vision, you're not looking. But she was able to realize it right away. Give me the blessing. And she went to her father. And the father was able to give her everything. Better hope. Better hope. Even in our spiritual life, I've got to repeat this again, because I, I believe that we are not hoping what we should be hoping for even our spiritual life. Like if just take a minute and see like, what are you hoping for in your spiritual life? 
in a spiritual relationship with Christ? What's the craziest thing that you hope for? <laughs> the reality is what we pray in the liturgy that we become what? One with you. That's, we should, that's what we should hope for. Every time we take, we partake of the Eucharist, we become what? One. We are united with him. That's the reality. And that's what gets me. Like, okay, Abun, I want to go tomorrow and, and get communion and get blessing because I have an exam. Like, sorry, you are ignorant. I'm going to say it nice way. <laughs> it's not about that. It's much, much more. Ask for the water, ask for the blessing. It's not just a blessing of, a, of, a, of an exam or a surgery or an interview or, or a relationship. Or, come on. It's not about that. And that's why he's talking about here. That's why in verse 17 that he testifies that he is a priesthood forever on the order of mission. Forever means what? Never? And so that, that function of a priesthood is not just done at once. And this is, again, this is, this is so orthodoxy now, right? It's not just the salvation was done just one time on the cross and we are saved and, you know, continuous. That work is continuous. I just learned this actually during the, the seminar last week, last couple of days with Father Evan, that the word itself in, 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 in the last supper, when he said, uh, eat my... Uh, body and drink my flesh, the, the verb itself means continuously, don't stop. What we call the aorist verb, which is beyond the time. We talked about this before, I think, beyond the time, right? It makes much, much more sense. So it's not just look, no, you continue to eat, continue to declare him as the high priest, continue to be under him as a disciple. And that's what he's talking about here in, 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 uh, in that passage. So again, better law, better uh, source, power of indestructible, endless life, better hope in verse uh, 16. Or uh, 19, right? And, and, and look at this, look at verse 19. And what does he say? <coughs> For the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to. So that means what? The only way to draw near to God is when we have better hope. <laughs> right? And that's exactly what he's what he said. So, and, and that's that's exactly again back to the to the story of, of Caleb and Axel, right? If she didn't have the better hope, she wouldn't actually go and approach her father. Like, oh, you gave me something, okay, goodbye, thank you. I'm gonna go with my husband and live my life. And but no, she had to go back again. He asked, like, what do you want? Why are you here? He asked her this. Why are you coming back? So it's, it's, it's very, very strong that through which we draw near. So we draw near to God through better hope and through better priesthood and through better covenant. <laughs> right? 
and it was not without an oath, as he said. And then finally, just to, to, to finish this, um, I'll jump to, to, to verse 25 and, and the end of the chapter. Or from 23, the former priests were many in number. Any questions at this point before I go on? Any questions or comments? Want to add anything? Yes, Julian. So, like, very dates and both, like, um, yes, and her donkey. Yes, you learn something new now. There's a donkey, the donkey doesn't have a name. So why didn't her dad just give her the, a good land from the beginning? Like, why did that whole process have to go? I know that, like, if we're going to speak, like, in spiritual terms, God likes us to come to him and, like, seek right. him out and all of that. But, like, sometimes God gives us things that are good from, like, the start, and then there's other things that he wants us to work hard for. Right. So why is there, like... It's it's always that testing of you know again we as we said you know when we read the Old Testament it's always read it in the mindset of of the New Testament of Christ right so just a very simple story like that we can just pass by it and okay just a story just history who cares like but why it's why is it there why is it part of the scripture right so when 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 you look at it and you look at 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 the 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 the, the story behind it again it's it's the same thing in in Joshua uh, fifteen not sixteen I was wrong. But uh, but uh, he's he's in a way testing again what's her ambitions. Is she an ambitious person or not? Right? Is she greedy in a spiritual way or not? We need to be to be that. Right? Here you go. I'm good. definitely as her father. You know who knows? But would he would he never give her the water when she's in need of water? He probably will. Right? But he want, the, the the lesson behind the text is we need to understand that we need to analyze and see and, and, and look for, for the sustainability of the relationship, right? Not just something to, 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 to get to go. In a way that was not actually, in a way that was, because was, here it says the land of the South, right? Which is actually, when you look at it, that it wasn't a fertile land, right? So that means that it, without water, it will die. Right? So in a way he's, he's He's saying, okay, here is something I'm going to give you, but I want you also to know that there is, there is other resources, but you have to ask for this. Right? So that's, that's the, 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 the way we understand, we understand the story itself. This is like going from the ABC master Exactly, exactly. Going mm -hmm. from the babes, from the ABC, into using that into, into maturity, right? Definitely, you know, as, as we grow, we can get by with something that makes us happy and satisfied, but no, there's much more, but you need to ask to get, and that's exactly what he said, right? <clears throat> so back to, to, to the end of, or the finishing the chapter, chapter seven. Uh, from 23, it says, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. That means what? The, the verse, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. So it means that you know, it, it was continuing in the same family. If, if, you know, if, if they die, then uh, it's, it's more of, of, of like, passing it down to, to, to and we know the story of, 
uh, Eli, the priest, and his sons, and right? But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. This is the Melchizedek. This is good. Consequently, he is able to save. This is this is the 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 the, the practical part of it. Con, con, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. What do you notice of this verse? It is through him, right? Yes. So that's but 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 the 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 sentence in the verb is what is always what continues, right? And that's again that's the practice of that. That's that's the the, the action of that. That whenever we are on earth, we still need that. We still need that continuous what. Intercession, exactly, exactly. Right. So we have that that open door. Right. It's not at one point that okay, you know what? I'm on my own. No, he continues to do that. He holds his priesthood permanently because he continues. He continues forever, right? So again, when you look at, at the priesthood of, of, of Christ as in the order or, or on the order of Melchizedek, don't just look at it as it was one time event and it's done. But that priesthood is, is what continuous. And we said that the priest is continuously interceding, continuously bridging, right? Building the bridge. So that work is ongoing, right? So knowing that it's ongoing, it actually gives both, gives, gives hope and gives what also? Hmm? Power? Yes. But also it's from both sides, right? That means that his work is continuous, and on the other hand, whenever I fall, I always have what hope. Again, that's the better hope, right? So it's not just the action itself, but the better hope because we are always what? Have somebody who, who, who is covering us, right? Yeah. <clears throat> He's able to save the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners. Here now he's, he's giving the attributes of that high priest, right? As, as, as a reminder again, right? Because we are supposed to, that's what he said, be holy as I am holy, right? Be perfect as I'm perfect. Okay, how in the world we can do this? Here it is. Here it is. Just hold on to what? To the high priest. Why? Because he is Holy, he is innocent, he is unstained, he is separated from the sinners and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily for, for his own sins <coughs> and then for those of the people. Since he did the ones for all, he offered up himself for the law, appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Perfect forever. And then he ends that argument and going to something else later on. Perfect forever. I think we, we need to, 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 to kind of, you know, uh, look more into that. You know, you know in, in a way, there is no need to say that God is perfect forever. Right? Like it's well known. 
But why, why does the author here, why does St. Paul mention this and, and repeat the same theme over and over again, that he is perfect forever? Why? He's comparing that to what they wanted to go. Remember, again, this is the main problem, right? The main problem is they want to leave him and go to the old Judaism, right? The old things, the things that they think will make them perfect. So like, no, it's not gonna work because whatever you think is perfect is not perfect forever. It's not even fully perfect. There's only one. And that's why I keep kind of like, sounds like repetition of, of you know, the same theme again and again and again. But I think it, he just wants to do what, to engrave it in the heart. You know what, don't leave him. Don't leave him. That he is the one. So that, that work is continuous. Now I'm just gonna side, side note here just real quick because this is always, you know, he, 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 he's saying here that he offered himself once and for all, right? <clears throat> so if that's the case, why do we need to keep continuing offering the sacrifice of the Eucharist all the time? In remembrance, what does that mean? So are we, are, are we, are we, are we, as, as the argument is, are we, uh, crucifying him again? Are we sacrificing him again? We do that by sinning. That's our part, right? But but why is there need for the continuous Eucharist? If he offered himself once and for all, and then we are saved by that. Something continuous. Okay. So as there is a continuous need for us, he's always continuous to do what, continuing to do what? To give us the same thing over and over again, right? So it's not another sacrifice, right? It's the same one. And that's the, the, the meaning of omnisis, right? Which is, which is the, the in memory. It's not just the memory, but we are repeating the actual, we're bringing the actual, event back to life again and continue to do that again, right? It doesn't matter when we make our bond stronger with God because like, it's one of the things that we need to keep up right. so we can have that. Yes, so that increased because that, that, as you said here, that endless life, that's the power of endless life, right? So we are continuously in, in full connection and full communication with that power of the endless life, right? It continues. Continues. Yeah. Questions? Question about, yes, DJ. Um, you talked about how Peter said that we are <coughs> we are all priests. Mm. Oftentimes in the Protestant denominations, you hear that as an argument against like the formal priesthood. Right. So, what is the Orthodox view of that? Very good question. So, so what, what, what again, what does it mean to be a priest? Or what does St. Paul, St. Peter mean by that? Yeah. 
Are you saying something? That, no, go ahead. Um, oh, they need a question. Okay. Uh, one more time, DJ. <laughs> so Peter says, St. Peter says that we are all priests, but sometimes in different Protestant denominations, you'll hear that as an argument against the formal priesthood like the Catholic Church has or the Orthodox Church has. So my question was, what is the Orthodox view of the priesthood and why that, you know, St. Peter says we're all priests, yet we still have a Buddha Jacob. Yes, yes, the, the real priest. <laughs> so so that, that's a very good, good question, good point, and, and a big topic, actually. But just briefly, again, what, what the, the view is, there are two types of priesthood. Right? There, is, there is the spiritual priesthood and there's the actual priesthood who a person who can actually perform the functions of the, of the mysteries of the church, right? And where is this coming from? That's coming from Christ himself, right? When Christ in, in Matthew, at the end of Matthew and in Mark, when Christ breathed into the face of the disciples and, 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 and said to them what? Receive the Holy Spirit, what's you? Bondage, right? So that was the establishment of the priesthood as that was not for everyone. That was, he was, he was, Again, as the high priest, he needs people to continue that work for him. So that wasn't for everybody. That was for a specific people. Later on, everybody received the Holy Spirit in the Pentecost. So the disciples received the Holy Spirit twice? Yes. There is a one particular one for a specific function. The function of being his stewards, as St. Paul says it. Like, we are his stewards, right? Stewards in a way that why that we are able to continue the, the priesthood function that he is doing, right? So that's, and, and you see this from the book of Acts, from the book, you know, of, of, from, the, from the history of the church, that, that what we call the pillars of the church, right? Very, very good example when Philip, for example, went from Jerusalem to Samaria and start to, they gave him a permission to baptize, right? But when, 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 when the pillar of the church, John and, and, and James heard, and they went there, they asked that he baptized, but then they were the one who, who, who had to do what? To lay hands in order for the people who were baptized to receive the Holy Spirit. So Philip, as a deacon, could not give that. Although he was given the permission to baptize, but he was not able to perform the function of laying hands. The laying of the hands was for only the pillars of the church, right? And then the pillars of the church did, as we hear from and as we read in, in, in the Pauline epistles, that St. Paul in Ephesus, for example, he called the, the priests and the bishops of the, of the place. So he started to ordain people to continue that function of the priesthood, right? In a way, we are all priests. That's what St. Peter talks. Priests in a way that we were. The priest prays, the priest intercedes, the priest uh, 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 serve in a spiritual way, right? We were just talking about this in the seminar of the clergy, that, that you know, visiting the, the sick is not only the function of the priest, the function of everyone. Because why, in a way, you are priests, right? So it doesn't need require a specific uh, uh, authority to perform visiting, right? But no, we say that this is the, the fatherhood or the priesthood or the, the functions of what Christ is, 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 was doing as the high priest has to be reserved, if I may say that, for certain people by the 
power of the Holy Spirit again, not just by the power. And we, that's why we don't have that, that idea of the <coughs> of the priesthood or of the Pope or anything like, like the Catholic Church, because we are all, as a priest, we are still part of the body of Christ and we are under the subjection of, 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 of the sin and we need to offer repentance, offer confessions and everything. Right? But in a way, that function was given only for certain people as a matter of, of uh, the, 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 the sacred function itself, right? And as a matter also of order, right? Not everybody is an officer, right? Not anybody can, can stand in the street and start to uh, control traffic, although it happens in Egypt. <laughs> you see anybody that's gonna get out of the car and just start to, to <laughs> right? <laughs> see what I'm saying? There has to be order. So that wasn't given to everyone, or even, but it's given again. It is, and that's that's the, the argument again. Okay, we all have the Holy Spirit. Yes, all the disciples have the Holy Spirit, but there was one time that they received the Holy Spirit for a very specific function. It's very clear in the scripture. Right? Received the Holy Spirit for that particular thing. Right? When he said, "Go baptize," it wasn't for everybody. It was spe specifically for the twelve. Right, and then. This went on to the, the, the 70s and then the pillars of the church and then the disciples and then so forth. Right? So that, that's the, 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 the establishment of the priesthood in the church as it is and as it was from the time of Christ to the 16th century. So that's another piece of history also that, you know, denying the priesthood came after the reformation because of misusing and abusing the authority of the priesthood by the church at that time, right? So, but up till 16th century, that was the normal. Nobody was saying that why there was a priesthood, right? But when when the reformation came and with the with the the the, the, the uh, coming against what was done wrong, then no, there is nothing. There is no priesthood anymore, right? Make sense? Okay. Good question. Hope that answers. Okay, anything else? Yes. <laughs> Last okay. question, so we're uh, 15 minutes over. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, I can answer everything. It's about verse 18 still. Okay, if it's verse 18, we can still go through it. Yes. So like we covered the new commandment in the new app, the better hope, but the old commandment, former commandment, the part confuses, that confuses me is saying because of its weakness and unprofitableness and i want to know exactly like what does he mean like that if it was a lot from god or like right it, was it outdated or was it very good question from from yusuf about verse 18 which is the need for a new law or the need for a new commandment for on the one hand a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness what does it mean by that although it's given by god right what what was the function of the commandment at that time? To tell you what sin is. That's what St. Paul talks about in, in, in Romans, right? The, the law will tell you, it's exactly, you go to a doctor and the doctor, you know, take a look at you and examine you and say, okay, you have allergies, okay, but you didn't treat me. So the law was what? Just to tell you that you are sinner. You are disobeying, but it never gave the the solution because the solution has to be 
a total renewal, and that's why Christ came, right? So what he's saying here that it was functioning at that time for a certain purpose, but it didn't help in the salvation. That's why there is a need. That's why it was at one point, right? It doesn't give, as he said here, doesn't give the power to obey the commandments, like in the New Testament. So we always say that the law in the Old Testament was like the physician who is telling you that you are sick, but doesn't give you, doesn't give you medicine, right? Okay. Okay, so finally, what's what's for the week as, as we always do? I think it's the idea again of the, the, the better hope. I think it's so much on my, on my mind, the better hope. Ask for more. Ask, like, like go back to AXA again, you know. You know, Judges 1 or Joshua 15, you read the story. Ask for more. Don't just hope for even our spiritual life. And you examine the way we pray and what we ask for, right? Again, we ask for, okay, give me this, give me that. And maybe I want to be better. I want to pray better. I want to I wanna stop arguing, stop gossiping, stop, you know. Shoot for more. Shoot for him, as Juliana was saying, right? Shoot for that oneness with him. And all these things will be given. Again, ask for the blessing, for the true blessing. And he, she was given what? The upper and the lower. Just like, it's going to be flooded. So I think it's, it's an eye-opener. The better hope. Better hope. And that becomes a better motivation. Right? Can we ask for 15 minutes? <laughs> 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 okay, let's pray. In with the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for a beautiful time we spend, Lord, around your word, Lord, around your presence, Lord, that uh, you're speaking to each one of us, Lord, and you're, you're, you're moving us, Lord, towards asking more, Lord, and uh, having a better hope, Lord, that we can live, Lord, knowing that your work is, is continuous. Your, your work never stops, Lord. Your work as a priesthood is, is uh, and as, as, a, as a high priest, Lord, continues every day until, till, till eternity, Lord. That you're always, even when we are with you, Lord, you're continuously, Lord, working with us and continuously interceding for us. And we, we, we see the Father through you, Lord. Thank you for, for all what you gave us, Lord. I pray that you really open our eyes to have a better hope, Lord. Hope for, for, for things that are better, hope for things that are higher, Lord. Asking, Lord, for the blessing. Asking, Lord, for the water. And you will give us, Lord, the upper and the lower water. Ask you to bless this uh, coming weekend and the coming week. And uh, praying for everyone, Lord, that, uh, that's struggling. Those who are in need. Those who have uh, no one to remember, Lord. Through the prayers of all your saints, Lord. In your name, hear us when we pray. Sing our Father who art in heaven. I love you. Go in peace, peace be with you all. I mean, thank you all. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you, everyone.